This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. The Detroit is Different Podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American classic city. Bismillah rahman rahim Welcome to the inaugural Care Michigan podcast where we'll be discussing current topics relating to civil rights and social justice from an Islamic perspective. I'm your host, uh, Daoud, the executive director of Care Michigan. And with me, I have my two colleagues, uh, Aisha Noor and Amy Ducore. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. And we're very uh, blessed and privileged. We want to give a shout out to Brother Kyrie. And we're using right now the facility of Detroit is Different. And you can go check them out on DetroitIsDifferent.com, which is an organization that is really trying to uplift and serve uh, the community in Detroit proper. It's actually very close uh, to the Muslim Center, which is off of West Davidson, for those who are familiar with this area of the West Side here in the Motor City. Uh, so without any delay, we'd like to uh, discuss an issue that really hit uh, the Muslim community hard in the city of Detroit uh, proper, and that is on September the 13th, 2018. Uh, actually, a gentleman who I knew uh, personally for about uh, a little over a decade, uh, Brother Abdullah, Abdul Muhammad, also known as uh, Dullah Beard, as he was known in the community here in Detroit and at Masjid Haq, was uh, murdered, uh, was a victim of homicide by the Detroit Police Department in a very, uh, under very sketchy circumstances. And we would like to uh, discuss that case uh, very briefly to give a little update uh, to the community and give some background uh, and not just about uh, Brother uh, uh, Dula Beard, but also uh, his connection to uh, Imam Lukman Abdullah, who was killed in October of 2009, uh, shot uh, 21 times uh, fatally in a very uh, also shady event, uh, and he was killed by the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigations uh, along with a, a joint terrorism task force, a raid which the Detroit police were also a part of. Uh, can you give us a little background regarding uh, this case of Abdullah Beard, uh, Sister Amy? Sure. So um, Brother Abdullah was um, sleeping on his couch when the police instituted what is a very sketchy raid in a way that is, well, from what we understand, a violation of current policy, police policies in the middle of the night. And then they continued to go on TV for days and slander him and um, state that that he was a person of interest in the um, killing of a small child that happened in Detroit the same day that he was um, killed by the police. However, they later recanted this story, and um, but it wasn't widely publicized the same in the same manner as oftentimes we see when when people persons of color are, are killed by the police. The first thing they do is slander the person. And then they go back and they quietly recant what happened. And that's exactly what happened in this, um, in this case with, with Brother Abdullah. Um, what we do know is that he was not involved in the killing of the, of the little girl. In fact, he was uh, somehow related to the family of the little girl who was murdered. And the police no longer consider him a suspect or a person of interest in, in that killing. We also know that 
there are a lot of questions about the way that the police instituted the raid on the house. Um, I can't go into too many details because the investigation through the Michigan State Police Department is still ongoing to see whether or not there was any wrongdoing. But um, there's really a lot of more questions than there are answers uh, around the way the police entered the house, why they were even there, and what they were even looking for. There's no real clear indication as to what they thought they might find when they went in that house. And they went in with guns drawn and... Um, started shooting immediately upon entering the door. Well, one of the uh, the issues I also find disturbing uh, regarding this is the the treatment of this particular case. There's many cases that involve um, black males and black females who are uh, victims of extrajudicial killings by the police. Is how the media is really quick to follow the narrative of the Detroit Police Department. We know that Chief Craig changed his story at least three times. Uh, he then also brought up an issue that allegedly there was some uh, a bag of, uh, of drugs was found at the scene after the fact, which actually had nothing to do with the effectuation of, uh, of, of the so-called warrant they had to go into that home at that, um, at that time. And uh, I'd like for you to, uh, you know, Talk about that a little bit, uh, Sister Aisha, as far as, you know, how there's this issue where the media is in cahoots with law enforcement at times to, in effect, criminalize black bodies, black corpses. And what type of effect does that have within uh, the black community as well as the Muslim community, which, of course, a sizable percentage of the Muslim community in Detroit are, are black folks? Yeah, there's absolutely a, definitely a media bias against black and brown bodies. Um, and this is most salient when we're looking at, um, you know, police uh, killings of black and brown individuals. Uh, we usually will see, um, as Amy said, a criminalization of these uh, victims immediately after their death. Uh, we'll see a lot of information coming to the news about you know, drugs being there, so on and so forth, or other past history that has absolutely nothing to do with the with what actually happened, which is the extrajudicial killing of those individuals. We've seen that time and time again. We've seen it most recently um, with this case. We've also seen it just in general around the country. It'll be something- the case in Texas. The case in Texas, yes, um, and 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 the, in, the case where um, you know the 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 cop went into the home and uh, sent, thinking allegedly was her own apartment and 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 killing a, a young man, and later the news instead of exonerating this man who had lost his life literally for doing nothing but just being in his home, tried to paint him out to be something that he absolutely wasn't. And again, this is something that we see in the media. Um, we'll have within hours of, of an incident like this, a press conference from the police department uh, without any, you know, proper investigation, just leaking information. And, you know, you ask, what does this do for the black and brown community? It definitely, in my opinion, creates a mistrust between um, you know, the communities in the police department, as well as the community's trust in the media. If, you know, when an incident like this happens, there's no due process, there's no, you know, time and effort put into making sure that the narrative is actually true and honest and that it is not biased and that it is not contributing to further criminalization and anti-blackness that 
is the main reason why cops are able to do things like this and and get off. Um, and so I think it's really important that we not only hold police departments accountable for um, these extrajudicial killings, but also keeping the media accountable for giving misinformation and for criminalizing uh, individuals after they've lost their life or after they've been harmed um, by police departments. Most definitely, and I think this is also um, part of the purpose of this podcast as well as this platform at Detroit is different than other community-based radio stations and podcasts that can give um, a different perspective, to give a perspective from the street that is not filtered by uh by corporate media or institutionalized biases uh, that uh, sometimes extend from uh, reporters, some of them themselves and producers who hold anti-blackness or hold anti-Muslim sentiments and how they are quick to regurgitate, literally regurgitate um, the the, uh, misinformation uh, that comes out of the mouth from uh, people in law enforcement, uh, which unfortunately includes police chiefs like, uh, like police uh, Chief Craig, uh, who, again, I mentioned on record, changed his story th- at least three different times in the media uh, after uh, Brother Abdullah Beard, um, real name Abdullah, um, uh, Abdul Muhaymin, uh, may God's mercy be upon his soul, after his extrajudicial uh, killing. I'd like to give a little <clears throat> brief information about um, Brother Abdullah and his connection to a case that we dealt with that took place, as I mentioned before, almost 10 years ago. And that was the first time in modern American history where federal law enforcement uh, committed a homicide against a bona fide religious leader in the United States of America. And as in October of 2009, uh, Imam uh, Lukman Abdullah, may God's uh, mercy be upon his soul, was lured to a warehouse in Dearborn. He served under a small mosque in Detroit, off the west side, just off of Joy Road. And um, he was lured to a warehouse by a a confidential informant, by a white gentleman who posed as a convert to Islam. When he got to the commercial warehouse, uh, there was a sting operation that was set up. It was, uh, Imam Lukman took him there along with some other brothers, and they were doing some odd jobs there, uh, thinking that they were, um, you know, working in a legitimate commercial warehouse, but it was something that was being rented by the FBI. They spent millions of dollars uh, in this uh, so-called counter, counter-terrorism uh, investigation, which, of course, uh, there was no terrorism, so then they tried to tack on some charges of conspiracy to move stolen goods. Of course, nothing was stolen because it was all paid for by tax dollars. Uh, anyway, the uh, FBI brought in a, a special technical team from Washington, D.C., there were approximately 80 law enforcement officers with helicopters. Uh, the Detroit police were involved, the Michigan State Police. They, they bring in a, um, they, they rushed the warehouse. They uh, detonated percussion grenades. Uh, everyone got down. They let an attack dog out on Imam Lukman, which then began to uh, bite him across his body, including his face. And then uh, the police uh, claimed that he pulled out a gun uh, to shoot uh, the the police dog, which then they claim gave them the cover to shoot him 21 times, including in the back and in the genitals. And we believe that the FBI committed fraud in this case. We don't believe Imam Lukman had a gun because there's no forensic evidence tying a gun to him. Uh, but nonetheless, that uh, lawsuit 
Uh, we tried to take it to the Supreme Court, but it was thrown out on a technicality. We didn't have standing in that case. But it's important to mention that Brother Abdullah, Abdullah Beard, or Abdullah uh, Abdul Muhammad, actually was an eye and ear witness to that homicide. Um, and uh, he signed a sworn affidavit to saying that Imam Luqman did not have a gun. Um, and he was, uh, so it's kind of, um, in a way, uh, tragic and maybe coincidental that he was shot the exact amount of times as Imam Luqman, but he was our only eye and ear witness towards that uh, FBI lynching of Imam Luqman. Um, and we will be talking about that case more as we approach the 10-year anniversary of the uh, assassination of Imam Luqman, who was a close, um, he worked very closely with um, Imam Jamil El-Amin, a.k.a. H. Rap Brown, and uh, we believe, as uh, the late brother Ron Scott talked about, that that was a political assassination of Imam Luqman, similarly to what the FBI did working in cahoots with the Chicago Police Department when they uh, murdered uh, brother Fred Hampton in, in Chicago in 1969. Um, so with that, uh, that's a little information. Um, do we have any closing thoughts, uh, Amy, regarding uh, this uh, this this case and where we where we may be going next. Um, well, this da- this case is being investigated by the Michigan State Police. So um, at this point, our hands are tied until they wrap up that investigation. But um, Care along Care Michigan, along with our national chapter, are um, conducting our own internal investigation into the sur- the de- uh, the surroundings of what happened with um, with this this death and. I'm sure once all the investigations wrapped up, we'll have a lot more information than the police would like us to have um, going forward, and then we'll be able to to see whether we can bring justice for for uh, Brother Abdullah. Thank you. And with that, uh, for more information regarding this case as it comes out, you can go to our website at caremichigan.org. That is C-A-I-R, Michigan, spelled out, dot org. And uh, with that, we also encourage you to save the date for our annual banquet, which will be on March 17th, uh, which is a Sunday at 1 p.m. at Burton Manor. With that, um, we ask for your uh, prayers, for the prayers of uh, of the family of Abdullah Beard, uh, for his widow, who is right now in the West African country of Mali. Uh, and we ask that um, you get involved, you get involved, and just don't be uh, part of the uh, problem by staying silent, be part of the solution, get involved, and let us hold law enforcement accountable here in the city of Detroit. May God's peace be with you. Assalamu alaikum. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.